I was around somebody. I think Riley gave it to me. But that's what she does. That's what little kids do. Uh, I was reading through my uh, Psalms this morning, and I came across something. That, that song he just sang was a great song, Cleansing Stream. I love that song. Uh, you start reading it. Let me get, get here. I'm going to read this. We're going to Genesis 28, by the way, just, if you didn't know that. <laughs> We're going to go through 28. I'll probably get through 29 today, too, man. I'm serious. You don't believe me, but I'm telling you, it's, 29 is a pretty boring chapter. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, wow, man. We work together, too. What do you do with that? Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? I had it marked in my other Bible. Right, here it is. Here it is. Psalm 136. If you ever worry about the Lord, you know, you think that you're, you're, you're done messed up really, really bad and it's all over. Uh, Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he's good, for his mercy endureth forever. For 26 verses, the last part of every one of those verses says, for his mercy endureth forever, for his mercy endureth forever, for his mercy endureth forever. So if you ever really think you just messed up and your life is over and it's all done, just remember his mercy endureth forever, and he loves you, and he's going to forgive you, and his mercy endureth forever. And if you really want to get back on track, just remember his mercy endureth forever. That ought to make you excited. It really should. <coughs> All right, so uh, Genesis chapter 28. We're going to finish this up real quick. I'm tired of Jacob, but Jacob's going to be around for a while. He's still around. They just had, I'm, I'm going to mention that earlier or in the morning service, but Friday was the Holocaust, uh, the 78th anniversary of the Holocaust. And brethren, I'm telling you what, if you, if you don't, that, that thing, they, they wiped off anybody they don't want to even teach it in schools anymore. They don't want anybody to know it. And they try to deny it even happened. But, uh, I mean, 6 million, and they, they, that's a conservative number. It's probably more than that. 6 million Jews were killed during that thing. And a group of people, just normal, everyday people in Germany, got involved and started getting fired up and went off in the wrong way. And Hitler got them wound up, and they just started killing Jews. And they kept killing them and 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 thinking they were absolutely right. The only thing you have in this world that you can go by is this thing right here. You can't go by anything else on the face of this planet. Nothing. They'll say, oh, do this, do this. I was talking to Beth on the way in here this morning. And we got our little cell phones and you can say, well, I researched this. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You go to research anything you want to research and you're going to get the data that somebody wants you to have. And if they want you to buy a certain thing a certain way or move you in a certain direction, you're going to get that data, and that's how you're going to research it. They've already proved that. So you can't you, – 100 years ago, this is what you had. You didn't have nothing else. And, and you had to make decisions. Oh, guess what? Based on what God thought. Ha! What a, what a concept. Uh, you would just think that would – anyways, I better shut up, man. It's, I'm starting to meddle now. It's, you don't want to do uh, Genesis 28, it's just crazy stuff, man. I mean, the world is insane. But, but there's no way you can even imagine. I read some stuff about Corey Ten Boom, and I, I didn't even know that and, until I started reading some stuff about her and, and what she had went through. Uh, and what those people went through, uh, that was done in, a, in silence, and the world didn't know it until a couple of people escaped out of uh, Auschwitz and started doing some things. And, and they, they wrote a book on it and got all that stuff out, and they didn't, nobody could believe that that kind of atrocity occurred. And brother, today that could be occurring right now in places on this planet, and we don't know nothing. Men and women inherently are as about as evil as you can get. 
And we can go, I mean, you can get some people that seem really, really nice, and they are just as wicked as wicked goes. Uh, Genesis 28, <clears throat> 17, and, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? Jacob, he's sitting there, he's laying there, and he said, how dreadful is this place? For this is none other but the house of God, and, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stones of, uh, that he had uh, put for his pillows, set it up for a pillar, and poured oil upon the top of it. He anoints it. He anoints the stone. That's a picture of Jesus Christ. And he came and he, and he called the name of that place Bethel, uh, but the name of that city was called Luzah the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God." Uh, that is, to me, is a really uh, ignorant statement. But I'll give it. I'll give Jacob the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't know God yet, uh, and he's he's trying to make a deal with God to do some things. Uh, th- this and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and uh, and of all uh, that thou shalt give me, I will surely give uh, a tenth unto thee. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Uh, bless the uh, Sunday school lessons again and all through the church, and we'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jacob, Jacob is heading out. Uh, he is, uh, I said, he, and he goes, uh, how dreadful is this place in verse 17? It's, it's none but the uh, gates of heaven, and I mentioned some of that stuff uh, over there. Jesus is the house. Uh, oh, John chapter 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. He is the word. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, he's the stone. Go to Daniel. He's there. I like that. I like Daniel. I think I hit that one, but I'll hit it again just for posterity's sake. Brother, this world is looking for the devil to come in. He's looking for, we're looking for aliens. We need to see some aliens. You've been set up. <clears throat> Harrison Ford, Star Trek, all that stuff. You've been set up. Uh, you, you, have, you have got to the place where you're so used to seeing this stuff uh, well, you know, what gets me is people are, are about the biggest hypocrites you'll ever see in your life. We would want some green-looking monster with uh, uh, the blob or whatever come in. And, I mean, back in the day when I was a kid, when they had movies, I mean, they had the blob, man. It was just a big thing looked like Jell-O's, all it could. That's the best they could do for, our, our, uh, for the stuff that they had. Now they have all the, the different cameras and the computers and everything else. They can make everything look good. But we, we're, we would be probably happy if this big old spaceship landed and this ugly-looking thing got off, and we are here to help. And, and we believe that. You've been, you've been brainwashed into it. You've seen so many different things coming up, and it's, it's crazy. Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, I believe. <clears throat> and I mentioned this, and I'll mention it again just to say it. Uh, you need to get this thing, and it goes... Uh, Verse, 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 verse 34. Uh, Thou shalt till the stone. Uh, where is it at? Image, 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 image. Verse 32. This image head was a fine gold. His, uh, his arm to the feet. I want to look at the word where it says they. In the fourth kingdom, uh, where the saw is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Verse 43. Actually, go to 40, 42. We'll read right into it. Uh, and and uh, as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, and he's talking about that image Daniel saw, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, 
but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So uh, there's something coming out there in our future that, uh, brother, I'll tell you what, you get over in the book of Revelation, and there's, everybody tries to put that thing away like it's just a bunch of uh, illusions. No, it's real stuff, man. I think, I think the pits are going to open up. Things are going to come out, and you're going to see things. You get over into, go to Job, 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 Job. There you go. Job is a good one. Job chapter 41. Job is, is an interesting book. I just got through reading Job. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm up to 32. I'm up to my first. Now Elihu's coming in. Job just got done talking. Every time I read Job, uh, and you sit there. I, I, I started reading the book yesterday, and uh, I stopped and prayed, and I said, Lord, I said, thank you for the book of Job uh, and, and what this man went through many, 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 many years ago. And now I can sit here and read this book, and Lord, there's no way we could even understand the pain and agony this man's in. Uh, I'll go on through here, and he's got three friends that really are, are less than friends. Uh, there are three men who think they know something about God. You know how many people on this planet think they know something about God, and they know absolutely nothing? And they, it's a moral thing. They look good, they smell good, they act good, and they, they got some things going for them, and they think because they have that, uh, they got it. And they don't got it. All you have to do is compare them to the, Job had it. Job was in pain. He had bulls from the top of his head to the top of his foot. And when he lost everything he had, he said, uh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, the typical person will say, pray for me and pray that God doesn't do this and pray that God doesn't do this and pray that God doesn't do this. Oh, don't let this come to me. I don't that was Job's three friends. That's how they pray. Job, when it hit him, I mean, all he could say was, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a man of God. I'm not saying he liked that. I'm saying that that guy knew how to respond to God. But you put a man in a position like he's in and all the pain and agony he's going through, uh, for him to say anything that he said, I, I would not even uh, hold it against him. Verse 9, behold, the hope of him is, is vain, shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him. Now, they try to play this away as it's somebody else, but if you look at verse 41, verse 1, it says, Can thou drawest out Leviathan with a hook? And the Lord is talking about a, a creature here that only he can deal with. Uh, he goes on right there. He says, uh, verse 10, none is so fierce that they're stirring him up. Who then is able to stand before me? Who hath prevented me? And, and you're not. God is so much greater than saying it's pathetic. And he's trying to tell us that you can't get through anything in this life without him. Yet we try to do that. Go back to Genesis. We try to do that. Here's what Jacob is doing. We think we can get through making a decision. I have come to the conclusion that I need to stop and wait and just stop and wait. And I'll just stop and wait, and I won't do nothing until he tells me what to do. Because if I don't do nothing, at least, at least one thing I know, I can't mess it up. If I wait till he tells me what to do, and I do what he tells me, uh, then I, uh, there, there's only a slim chance I'm going to mess it up. Uh, if I do exactly what he tells me, I might actually get the thing right and, and do what he says do. I believe, and I, that's where I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm, so I'm getting fed up with Christians. Not necessarily you guys. You guys are all saints. you got the halos and all that other stuff. But I'm getting so fed up with people on this planet, they sit there and say one thing and do something totally different. I have to, I have to stand corrected today. I will stand corrected. I just seen Amy. I thought I, the Bengals are, are playing. They actually might go to the Super Bowl twice in, a, in, in two different years uh, in my lifetime, in my lifetime. <laughs> and, and they've actually come to fruition to where maybe they actually have a good team. I was talking to somebody the other day, I said after they locked, got everybody out of there and put them in jail that belonged in jail and stuff, they actually have a good team. 
Uh, they can't let nobody else play no more. But I mean, they're, they're winning. And I, I said, okay, I, I, would, I was mentioning that the other day. I said, I've, I've ragged on that team forever and ever and ever again. I will, I will now cut them some slack so it's on record that I did that. Uh, and I hope they actually do it for some people. But, brother, I'm telling you, when a football game is more important than the Word of God or, or anything in this world, is life is more important when we put ourselves into this world and the world things, and then we have God over here and we try to bring him in every now and then, that don't work. You can't just bring God in when, at, at your beckoning. You need to have him in your life all the time. And, and that's a struggle. It's just a big struggle to do that. But it's well worth it. That's what he's trying to get us to do. Jacob, Jacob has done some things, and he's going to get nailed here real shortly, man. I mean, he's getting it. Uh, he's going to get in the back of the neck. And if you don't think that you're going to get in the, he's going to get in the seat of his pants. If you don't believe it'll happen, believe me, it'll happen. It happens to the best of us. Uh, and it's a lesson. I told somebody the other day, I, I saw Brother Dave, here we are, I'm 65 years old, and you tell people something, they say, well, yeah, but you did it. And I'm like, yeah, but just because I did something stupid and, and it blew, you should learn from my mistakes. And that way you don't recreate the same thing and go on and make your own down the road a different set of mistakes, but... Learn and move on, and you don't have to complete do the same things. The Lord lets some of us go through stuff and beat our head up against the wall and everything else to get us through. But the stone that the builders rejected, he goes on in, in uh, Daniel over there, and he says, until uh, a stone is cut out of the mountain, and it, it, and it hits the feet of that image, and, and the whole thing crumbles, and he just grinds it to powder. That's Jesus Christ. So the stone in verse 18 here is, is Jesus Christ. As you're getting to that, he is, uh, back to Genesis 28, 18, it says, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone uh, that he had put for his pillar and set it up for, uh, set it up for, or that he took for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on it. He's anointing that, that stone. And Jesus Christ is the anointed. He's the anointed one. So uh, it's a picture of Jesus Christ sitting there doing that, uh, him doing that. And Jacob doesn't know what he's doing yet. Most people never do. He's, he's learning. And he called the name of that place Bethel and, uh, because the, uh, the name of the city was called Luz at, at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow. Now here's where Jacob, it's kind of a strange vow that he's doing here. Uh, it says, uh, let, me get, let me get, and Jacob vowed a vow if God, the bargain, he makes, he's, he's making a bargain with God. Uh, like, like he's on bargaining ground. And, and we are, in a sense, you are, in a sense, you, are, you have some bargaining power with the Lord. Uh, he says, come boldly under the throne of grace over in Hebrews. So we do have some power there. But we ought to really, there should be a fear of God when we come before him that we, we realize what we're asking and saying. Uh, there, is, there is sometimes where we are very, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? We're not serious about what we're saying and we just say stuff off the cuff to say it, uh, you need to realize, and I think we do, most of us, but he's a God that can change anything he wants to change. Uh, you and I, if we die, rigor mortis sets in and we die and we get hard. God, there's nothing to him, man. He can straighten that thing out and bring that body right back to life. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop him. And that's what he says over in Job. Uh, Jacob is sitting here and he's learning some things. If God will be with me. Well, Jacob, you just lied to your dad. You lied to your brother. You lied to everybody. You got in cahoots with your mom. Your mom told you what to do. Just because somebody tells you what to do and you think they're in authority and they're going to get you out of it, that don't work. Uh, God's still going to hold you uh, accountable. If God be with me, man, it's like he's, he's talking third person. If God, if God, like this thing out here. 
will be with me. He didn't say the God of my father, the God of uh, Abraham and Isaac. He didn't say that. He just said, if God will be with me and, and will keep me, he's doing the best he can. He's trying to learn how to pray. He's a baby prayer. He's a baby, he's a baby Jacob is what he is. Uh, he hasn't got a name yet. He's going to get one later on, and he's going to come back, and God's going to change his name. But it's going to take him 20 years to, to learn a lesson. Don't ever get in a hurry to learn a lesson. I've heard people, you know, you'll get into trials and tribulations. Oh, oh, help, get it over with, I'm done. No, sometimes it might take you a while to stay there. Uh, you need to cook really, really well to get that thing done. Uh, if, uh, that I go and will keep, give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. So I want all the blessings that you said you're going to bless me with. If you give me all this stuff and take care of me and I'm rich and wealthy and all that other stuff, so I come again to my father's house in peace and Esau ain't going to kill me, uh, then shall the Lord be my God. <clears throat> what happens if it isn't? What are you going to do if, if this stuff don't work out like you think it's going to work out? That's going to work out because in the Old Testament, the Lord did just that. But in this case, he's going to have to learn a few lessons. Verse 22, and the stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. And he never really did that. The Lord had to eventually take this stuff, but he will. Much later, Jacob uh, has to learn a lesson about the house of God. <laughs> he does. You can forget God while a building is, is, is in the house of God. You can forget God while you're in the building. Uh, you can uh, crucify God while tithing in the temple. They did that to Jesus Christ. You can get kicked out of the house of God. You can do that. Amos 4. Uh, God can destroy his house. Man, Jesus said, uh, this temple I'll destroy. There won't be a stone left on it. He said, I'm going to take them all out. Uh, even, even the temple of God can be destroyed. He's going to destroy the thing. If there's, if there's one lesson the Bible teaches from generation, uh, gen, uh, Genesis to, uh, man, I tell you what, my head is just completely gone. Uh, Genesis to Re, uh, Revelation, it is that you are not to trust in literal, physical, physical, Anything, man. Church building's nothing. Uh, you need to learn a lesson. We need to learn that lesson that Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. And that we, this, you hear me say this all the time, and I'll continue to say it. It's all relationship. Uh, but that relationship, as it gets closer and closer and closer, uh, you start realizing that this world really is not your home, and this isn't where you belong, and you never were, and not to get physically tied to this thing. Uh, what will happen is the danger of money, and I, you'll hear me say some say, I got a few bucks here and there. I don't have lots of it. Uh, I, I walked away from a whole bunch. I didn't want it because what will happen is you get the stuff, and then pretty soon it locks you in. I've seen people for 45, I'm 65 years old. I've seen them locked in where they can't let go. They can't let go of that thing. I mean, they'll get a hold of that thing, and they'll start getting their houses and cars and all this other stuff, and they'll get so wrapped into this thing and locked into it that if God called them to do something, I heard Dr. Roman say it all the time. I've heard old preachers say that time and time and time again to a bunch of young preachers that nobody listens. And they go out and do exactly what he told them not to do. Take your time. Let the thing work in there. If, if the Lord builds the thing up and you can go out and buy a house and you got cash, fine, go for it. But if you can't and you got to get yourself over a barrel strapped in and God says, go do this, and you can't, what you're going to do is end up disobeying God. There's a lot of men and women that should have been doing something for God today that couldn't do it, can't do it because they got themselves locked in. They need to, you need to, there's nothing wrong, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with having anything. But you got to be able to get out of it real quick. I'm telling you, you gotta, sometimes you never know what the Lord's going to tell. You never know. I was talking yesterday, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody. Oh, Brother uh, Barry, we was talking. 
And we saw him at flat tires. He had a flat tire over here, and I, I had a flat tire uh, one time. I got, a, I got the best flat tire story you ever heard in your life, man. I mean, I got one that just really caused me. Did you ever hear my flat tire story, Dave? <laughs> Have you ever heard it? No, no, it has nothing to do with the Navy. <laughs> I was actually out of the Navy by then. But uh, Willie Cosby was a missionary in Romania, and uh, he asked me to come over there. So I go over there, and he had his forerunner. And so Mike Thomas and his wife and Joey Miller and his wife and me flew over there, and he came and picked us up at the airport in Budapest, Hungary. And now this is all about the Lord, brother. This is God, and he's already got the thing figured out. You couldn't figure this out if you wanted to figure it out. He's got the whole thing done all taken care of. So he picks us up in his forerunner. We load this thing down, and I mean, it looks like, you know, uh, I mean, it is crunching because of all the weight of everybody. I mean, you put uh, five, six adults and all their luggage in this thing. I mean, this forerunner was, I mean, it's, it's, it's pushing to the ground. So we get to Romania, and we sit there for two weeks or whatever, and he's getting ready to bring us back. It's on a holiday. It's on a Hungarian holiday, Catholic holiday. The whole country is shut down. We pull into Hungary, go across the line. We don't go five miles, and he blows a tire. And I go out there and start looking at the tires, and these tires on this forerunner are so dry-rotted, I can't even tell you how dry-rotted all of those tires are. By the time we got to that airport, he had done blown all four of those tires. Now, there is not a place in Hungary on that day to get any work done. Zero. Everything is closed. You ain't going to get nothing. So here I got Mike Thomas and Trudy and, and Bev and Joey freaking out, and, and uh, Willie's freaking out. And I'm sitting there going, I need to get on that plane, man, because I used to be in the Navy, and I got stuck out off a ship one time, and it's not fun to be stuck somewhere, and if I miss that plane, this is going to be ugly because I cannot speak Hungarian, and although I'm hungry, they're not going to give me nothing to eat because I don't know how to say it. And uh, I'm sitting there going, Lord, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to fix this thing. And I'm thinking about, man, I'll get a rock and put it here and get this big old long pole and stick it under there and get enough weight out here on this end. We've got a bunch of us. We can lift that thing up and get because we couldn't figure out how to get up. He gave me this jack, and this jack just crumples underneath the weight of this thing. And I'm like, this can't be the jack. Oh, that's, 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 that's it, man. He's, he goes, Mike, that's, that's really it. That's really the one right there. And uh, so eventually, I, and I looked at the tires. I said, Willie, I said, we're in trouble. He goes, what do you mean? And I said, we would need 10,000 plugs. To f- I could put my whole finger in some of these holes in, this, in these tires. I said, you would need 10,000 plugs, man. He goes, you ain't going to believe this. And he pulls out a toolbox full of plugs. <laughs> now, I've, been, I've been in garages in my life, my whole life, and nobody's ever had that many plugs in one place. Nobody. Firestone never did. General Motors never did. The Ford dealer don't. They, if they, you need that many plugs, they're going to get a truck come in with the plugs. But I'm sitting there going, what are you doing with all these plugs, man? Anyways, we, I, would, I would take eight or ten of these plugs at a time and put it in a hole. And then we'd go down the road, and the glue on the plug would pull out. And, and road, it'd get stuck to the road. And so then I had to cut it off. And, I mean, we babied these tires all the way from the border of Hungary all the way up. And you say, what was that? That was God. There is no possible way anybody would have a box of plugs. Now, I said, Willie, that can't be the jack. Oh, it's the jack. It's the one I've always used for this vehicle. I said, Willie, it can't be. That thing can't crumple like that. It just can't. So I started tearing the thing apart. I lift up the back seat, and boom, there's a brand new jack sitting under there in the little strap, strapped down, never been taken out. 
So we jack it up, and, and I, I have to put all the tires in the right place, and I get the best two tires on the front, which are terrible, and the, the worst two on the back, which is terrible, and I'm all scrunched up. They're all riding in comfort. I'm all scrunched up in the back of this thing, and when it blows the tire, i got to be the one to go out and fix the thing because they don't know how to do it. And, I'm, and, I mean, I had to cut the stuff off and put dirt all over it to get the sticky stuff off so it would go 10 or 15 miles before it yanked it out. And I said, Willie, I've never seen anything. Willie was freaking I mean, he was just happy as he could be. I could not believe it. You know what that was when I got away from that thing? I said, Lord, you knew we were going to be in the middle of a country overseas in a car that was going to blow up. All the tires were going to blow up. You knew that. You knew that before the foundation of the world. And you had some guy get a, a toolbox full of plugs. I mean, he didn't have nothing else on there but a jack and plugs. That's all you need. I didn't need nothing else but a jack and plugs and a lug wrench. That's all I needed. And that thing right there, I'm like, Lord, see, Lord said, I provided everything you needed to succeed. Everything you needed to. Brethren, if you don't see God in that right there, you'll never see God. I've watched him do stuff like that over the years. Mike Thomas and Joey still talk to me every time I see him. They go, you remember that time we was in Romania and we was going through Hungary? And the, I said, yeah, I remember that. I don't, I don't want to remember it, but I remember it. Brother, I'm telling you what, I've, I've come to the place in my life where I just think God's going to take care of the problem. I don't even have to worry about it. You just start doing stuff, and you keep doing what's in front of you right now. It isn't what's 10 months down the road. It's right now. You can plan 10 months down the road. That's all fine. But right now, today, what are you going to do today? The Lord's he's, he's worried about the moment that you're in right now. You know what Jacob is doing? Jacob is trying to get his future out there guaranteed so I don't have a problem and everything's going to be good. Stephen, go to Stephen. I like Stephen. Acts chapter 7. Then we're going to move right into uh, 29. 29 is a, a very simple chapter except for one little area. Acts. Acts 7. Do, 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 do. Acts 7. At the very end of the chapter, Stephen is sitting here talking. 47. He starts, he starts talking. He says, uh, Acts 7, 47. He says, But Solomon built a house, howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in a temple made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool, but what, uh, what house will you build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hands made all things? And then he goes on and calls them stiff-necked and hard-necked. Yeah, they are. Uh, the Jews, the Jewish nation is, uh, I mean, they, they think they have God and, they're, and they just won't change. And I found uh, a lot of Christians do the same thing. Religious people, they'll do the same thing. Well, I'm a Catholic or I'm this or I'm that. And you're not really thinking, is it right or wrong? That's, no, this is what I do. This is, this is what I am. My family was that. My grandma was this. My grandpa was that. This is, well, I, that's all okay, except that if that don't get you into heaven, then it's worthless. It's worthless. The end of that thing has to get you into heaven. And, and I like it when I sit there and start reading. I threw everything out when I first got saved. I threw it all out the window. I said, hey, man, I got some, I, I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. I believed in Mary. I believed in that, the virgin birth. I believed in all that stuff. I didn't understand a bunch of it. But I threw it all out the window, picked up a Bible, said, okay, God, I'll tell you what. You show me if it's in this book. I was like Jacob. You show me, and I'll, I will believe it. And, brother, I'm telling you what, what he did is he started showing it me. Back to Genesis 29. He started showing it, and I started believing it. And, really, when you get into this book, if this book is just you're going to read it and you're going to study it, and there's some people with brilliant minds that can, 
uh, regurgitate this stuff and they think they got all the stuff. And just because somebody can quote 100,000 verses, don't make them right. That just means they're sharp. There are, Einstein was a brilliant man. He was a brilliant man. So you can't all, but he wasn't right about everything. Uh, no matter how you look at the thing, what you got to do is you got to get in this book and the Lord will direct us through the book one, one day at a time uh, until he gets you back home where you're supposed to be. You're, this thing is your God post. This is your God to get you through this life. And so many people, they look at it and, and it doesn't matter whether you read it. Uh, Mike Saul kind of uh, stunned me the other day when he told me he read his Bible three times last year. Is that correct? That's good. Now, I'm not telling you you have to read your Bible three times, but you should get in it. I mean, he could use it five or six times. It wouldn't hurt him. <clears throat> but, but you should read it to get the stuff in your head or to be familiar enough with it so that if the Lord wants to talk to you about something, he can. Jacob is sitting here, and he says, and he set the pillars up for uh, verse 22, and he says, uh, and this stone which I have set up, set for a pillar, uh, shall be God's house, and all uh, that thou shalt give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. And he goes on, uh, God is spirit. He's talking to the lady over there in uh, John chapter 4. And he, said, and she, he goes, God is spirit. Uh, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So you have to get to the place where you realize God is real. And he's real. And he'll get you through it, man. He'll get you through. There's nothing that you can't go through in this life that he can't get you through. As a matter of fact, he allows everything in and out of your life. So if you just sit there and say, okay, Lord, how do I make... You can do anything that's... You, what, what the pressure comes on is when we get the pressure on, you got to stop and say, wait a minute, did I get myself into this mess? If I got myself into this mess, what can I do to get myself out of this? Okay, Lord, how do I get out of this? Navigate me out of this. And then once you get out of it, don't get back in it again. Okay, just stay out of it. Don't go back in it. There'll be other things you can get in down here. Believe me, I, I'm telling you, 65 years, there's other things that get you in messed up. But don't go back into that. When I quit, I don't smoke. I quit smoking in 85. I don't smoke no more. I quit drinking. I don't drink. Well, NyQuil. NyQuil's good. <laughs> NyQuil is a Christian alcohol source, I guess. I don't know. But, but it, it's going to cure your problem. That's definitely do that. Make you sleep good. But when you sit there and look at that stuff, you know, I, the drugs went away. All that stuff went away. I, I just, I don't want that stuff anymore. I found out there's a whole plethora of other things that will get you in trouble that, that you can look at. Chapter 29. Then Jacob went on his journey. And came into the land of the people of the east. That's Mesopotamia. Uh, and uh, he looked, and behold, a well in the field, and lo. Now, it just so happens that he heads. I don't know whether there was a road there. I don't know whether he started down this path. And, and as he's going down the path, that uh, he comes up to the exact same place where uh, they were supposed to take him. I don't, uh, if he knew the directions. But this is the first time he's ever been there. <coughs> and lo and behold, he finds the spot. And he goes, and he looked, and behold, a well in the field, and lo, there was uh, uh, three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of the well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. Not a, it couldn't have been a really, really great stone because Jacob moved it. Uh, the ladies probably couldn't move it, or maybe they got beat up if they did. I don't know. Uh, and, and thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and, and watered the sheep and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran uh, we are. And, and he said unto them, Know ye Laban, uh, Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. Uh, he asked a couple questions real quick. Where, what, what location is this? And they told him. And 
He said, do you know Laban? Yep, we know him. Uh, man, that's pretty good. You know, I'm in the right spot, right time, everything else. I'm, I'm in, in exactly where I need to be. How is he? He's good. It's all, it's all ni- nice stuff, you know, formalities and all this stuff. And lo, uh, yeah, there's a, there was a show, uh, uh, Here Come at the Bride or something a long, long time ago. Here comes Rachel out there. <clears throat> and that's just the way the devil works. Uh, <laughs> Jacob is getting ready to get his hide kicked. Right here. And Jacob deserves exactly what he's getting ready to get. And he, he did exactly what he did to get this. He can't blame nobody. Verse 7. And he said, lo, it is yet high day. Neither is it time for the cattle that should be gathered together. What are ye the sheep? And go and feed them. And they said, we cannot until the flocks be gathered uh, together, until they roll the stone uh, from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. And while he yet spake with him, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban. The Bible says, touch not a woman. But it goes on here, it says, daughter of Laban, his, his mother's brother. And the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother. You know, mother, keep saying mother, mother's brother. And Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Uh, you know, I want you to know exactly, it's my mom. My mom is your sister, man. You need to know who she is. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And, and uh, immediately, I think he fell in love with her right there. And uh, had the, the rest of it goes on. But uh, when Eliezer came and Rebecca came out, she was the right one. Uh, Jacob come, but Eliezer had the right attitude and right heart. <clears throat> he was there for his master to find the, the bride for his son, Isaac. Uh, he had God right dead center of that thing. He said, Lord, get, guide me and direct me to the woman that you want to have for Isaac, my master's son. And he go, and while the words were yet in his mouth, Rebecca came out there and she did everything. Everything he said do, she did. And he goes, whoa. This is, so he puts all this stuff. Uh, you notice here, Jacob doesn't put no rings on, on uh, Rachel. He doesn't put any ba- uh, bracelets on her, nothing. And uh, so she runs back inside and and Jacob told uh, Rachel that he was her father's, verse 12, that he were, were her father's brother and that he was Rebecca's son. She ran and told her father. Laban is probably thinking, man, here's all this money coming back again. Let me go out and get some more. And it came to pass. He goes, last time the guy was here, I got tons of money. Let's see what he got now. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him. And brought him to the house, and he told Laban all these things. And Laban said, "Surely thou art bone of my bone, or that are bone of my and my flesh." And he abode with him a space of a month. Now I don't know if you've had people stay with you for a while, but a full-grown man eating like he eats, uh, Laban is probably thinking it's about time this guy gets a job. Uh, <clears throat> most most people, uh, I mean, we've lost. You got people who will be workaholics, or they won't work at all. You can't find somebody who will go right down, right down the middle and say, look, this is enough. Enough is enough. i got to do this. i got to do this. Take care of the family. And that's where the balance comes in there. Everything in a Christian life should be balanced. Uh, but, but used to, I mean, I used to work around the clock to survive, and I did exactly what I had to do. Uh, but it came a day, man, where I'm like, no, I don't have to do that no more. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to kill myself. Uh, you get, you'll, there'll always be something broke. There's always something else to do. You'll never get caught up. You can't do it. It can't happen. Uh, if you were Donald Trump and you had all his money or Elon Musk or, 
or Bill Gates, it, it, there's always something to do with that money to keep that money flowing. There's always something to do to keep you busy, always decisions to be made. You never come to a place where you can sit down and absolutely do nothing. I like Abraham. He sat on the side of a mountain and did nothing. He took care of his sheep. He had 300 men trained up there that went out. I mean, a lot of the Sodom and Gomorrah couldn't have been that big. I mean, 300 men. Well, again, you got God on your side. You can't ever eliminate God out of the equation here. Uh, they could have had 10,000 people out there. Jonathan and his armor bearer went up the side of the mountain, and there was all these Philistines up there. And they, they in a half an acre, they killed about 20 of them. <coughs> they only have one sword and a shield. <coughs> and the next thing you know, they start killing each other, and they just melt away. And by the time they got done in one day, uh, all the Israel, there was only two swords in the Israeli army that day. Uh, Saul had one, and Jonathan had one. By the end of that day, the whole army was... was uh, had fortified with guns and bullets and hand grenades and everything else, man. They were ready to go. Sherman tanks, the whole thing. You can't ever trust your government. They're going to give Ukraine some of our Abram tanks. But they got to make them first. I'm like, now you got to find somebody to actually make the things for you. And then they said that they're made in Egypt. Like, what in the world is our tanks being made in Egypt for? <clears throat> it's crazy stuff. Anyways, I better get back to this. I've got, it's 1042. I told you I could get probably right through this whole thing today. Uh, and he said, we cannot, da, 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 da. Jacob kissed Rachel. Laban goes, gets him. Verse 15, and Laban said unto Jacob, because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught, tell me what thy wages shall be. Uh, and Laban had two daughters. Laban already knew what he was doing. Uh, Laban had two daughters. The name of the one, the elder was Leah. The, uh, the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed. Rachel was, uh, was beautiful and well-favored. It gives the idea that Rachel is, is, uh, is just well-endowed, a nice-looking girl. And Leah was just a normal, everyday girl. Uh, and Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Laban said, it is better. If you notice here, he never says, okay, you can have Rachel. He never says that. He says, and Laban said, it is better that I give her, her, <coughs> which her, to thee, uh, then I should give her, her, which her, to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. The whole seven years, Laban knew exactly what was going on. The whole seven years, Jacob thought he knew what was going on. <laughs> the whole seven years, Rachel probably thought she was what was going on. And the whole seven years, I think Leah was hoping that, that her dad was going to do what he always did. The seven years ends. Everything comes to an end. <laughs> All good things come to an end. And Jacob served, verse 20, and Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed but a few days uh, for his love that he had for her. Couldn't you imagine that? Seven years, 365 days, seven years. And you think you're going to get Rachel. And what happens is you get something totally different. Verse 21, and Jacob said unto Laban, give me my wife. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> For my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of that place and made a feast, just like they normally do. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him and gave him, uh, and he went in unto her. So you would think, why in the world would you not know it? Well, it's nighttime. I went out last night. I was going to go stack some wood, and I was down reading my Bible <clears throat> about 630. I looked out the front yard. It's pitch black. I said, around the side of the house where all the wood is, it's dark over there. I said, I ain't going to go over there. I'd have to put lights up and everything else. I said, it just gets dark. So at the nighttime, in the middle of the desert, it might get pretty dark. Uh, 
Jacob was excited anyways. He probably didn't care. Uh, he only kissed uh, Rachel one time, and the Bible says by that at the beginning of the, the thing, he only kissed her one time. I don't know whether he had any other, any other uh, time with her or anything else or how much or whatever the quality of time he had was, uh, but I don't think he was really caring about that at that moment. Uh, he was thinking he had Rachel, and he didn't. Uh, verse 26, and Laban said, uh, well, here you go, verse 25. Uh, verse 24, and Laban gave unto, uh, verse 21, and Jacob said unto Laban, give me my wife. And Laban gathered the men together, uh, 23, and it came to pass in the evening. He took Leah and brought her to him. He went into her, verse 24, and Laban gave unto his daughter uh, Leah Zilpah, his handmaid, uh, for, or his maid for handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. When the lights come up, the shining and everything else, and you open up the windows, here's Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be done so in our, done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. And Jacob shuts his mouth right there. He never says another word about it. It's like the Lord coming down saying, be not deceived. I got, I got to, Galatians 6, 5 says this. For every man shall bear his own burden, and you will. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all th good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You going you gonna to play the games with your daddy back there? You going to lie to your daddy and tell him you're Esau? Is that what you're going to do? And you're going to go put hairy stuff on your hands, and you're going to go act like Esau, and you're going to trick your daddy? <clears throat> and you don't think it's going to come back on you? That's exactly what's getting ready to happen here. And he's getting, his, he's getting his hide kicked. And he knows it. Believe me, brother, when you do something wrong and you get busted, you're going to know that you did something wrong. And you're going to know if God wants to do something to you, you're going to know he's doing it to you. Yeah, there's no way out of it, man. I can tell you story after story after story, not tons of them, but I got enough of them where, I, where he, he was like, I told you. I said, yes. That one, one about the cheese mess. That thing started when I went and took that test. I was on the USS Scott and should not have taken that test. And they told me to go take that test, and the Holy Spirit said, don't you take that test. And I'm like, but I got to take the test. My bosses are all saying, the captain's saying, everybody's saying, I got to take this test. I'm like, I don't want to take that test. They said, you got to take that test. No, I was on the Ponce. I had got on the Ponce. And I said, I don't want to take that test. And they said, but I said, but they, if I, if I disobey, I said, Lord, this is what I'll do. I'll just go take the test and I'll do it. And I'll just, I'll just A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, D. I'll just go right down and I'll just check off the blocks, 250 questions, and I'll be done with it. And I'll fail that test and, and I'll make them happy and I'll make you happy. No, it don't work that way. He said, don't take that test. You know what he's seen? He's seen me going in the chief's mess getting, uh, that would have, could have happened another way. But since you're going to do this, I told you don't take the test. And I took the test, and the next thing you know, I make chief, and then I'm in trouble, and the whole thing falls apart, and, and the Lord sits there and is laughing at me. And it's a, it's a friendly laugh. It's friendly fire. It's good. I liked it because he was with me all the way through it. He goes, we could have went through this a different way. It's like Paul, man, getting beat up in the temple. Uh, you got to have some of those experiences in your life. Those things are great, man. Uh, have you ever had any, you've had some of those, haven't you, Dave? I like them, man. I like them because I know that the Lord is walking me through that thing all the way through, and he's got me, and he goes, this is going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to hurt a lot. <laughs> it's 
going to hurt a whole, whole bunch, man. It's going to be, and you know, he's laughing and, and he's having a good time. But I know that as long as he's going through me, he'll get me through that thing. And I'll always get through it. He said, for he that soweth to his flesh. And here's the key to this thing. He that soweth to his flesh shall reap corruption. You know what Jacob's getting? He sold to his flesh back here. He lied to his daddy. He acted like he was somebody he wasn't. And he got busted. Uh, 27 says, fulfill ye her week. Laban says, after Jacob gets all mad, and he, but he shuts his mouth. He says, fulfill ye her week, and we will give thee uh, this also for thy service, which thou shalt serve uh, yet seven more years. <coughs> so Jacob does uh, the week with Leah, and then he gets uh, uh, Rachel. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. Uh, verse 29, look at this, man. I got one minute. And Laban gave to Rachel uh, his daughter Bilhad, uh, his handmaid, to be her maid. And he went in to Rachel, and he loved uh, Rachel uh, more than, than Leah and served with him yet seven other years. And the, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And that's, that's God again. He can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants it. Uh, you'll have people say, oh, well, that, no, 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 no. Don't read into it. Don't take it anywhere else. God can shut or open a womb of any woman he wants to anytime he wants to. If we want to go tr tr trust the doctors and all that other stuff for stuff, then that's one thing. But, but if you don't take it to the Lord, Beth, Beth had some issues when we first got married. She thought she couldn't have kids. And uh, she, when she married me, I had the military stuff. And, and she, she was just, some things was going on with her that was bad. Uh, not real bad, but I mean, just kind of messed up. And I told her, I said, go see the doctor. <clears throat> and the, she went to see the doctor. And he put her on some stuff to straighten her system out the way it was. And next thing you know, she got pregnant. And he said, yeah, usually once you get that stuff straight, uh, then the, the pregnancy will come in. And the pregnancy corrects a lot of the other problems. Uh, Rachel here is, is barren. And Leah has three sons here. She has Reuben, uh, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, the first four. Uh, and that's down to 35, and she conceived again. So you talking about Rachel being really ticked about this time? <clears throat> I can see her really starting to hate Leah because now all of a sudden she's getting four kids. But you got to real I mean, you, you just married sisters, man. You do know back in Leviticus it says that, uh, or over in Leviticus, <coughs> you're not supposed to have, you're not supposed to marry sisters. Uh, you're only supposed to have one wife. Uh, uh, Adam had one. Uh, they become one flesh. Uh, you're not supposed to have two, but Jacob has two. He's going to eventually have four because uh, they're going to give. They're all going to have a, this kid thing going on, and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. <clears throat> one's enough. I don't care what anybody says. One's enough. Sometimes that's too many. Uh, it could go both ways for the the lady too. Sometimes one guy's enough, and sometimes he's way too much. And uh, if, I, if we get, Beth told me she, if I ever, something ever happens to me that she's never going to get married again. Uh, I don't know exactly what that meant uh, if she doesn't want to deal with uh, another guy ever again. But I could see after putting up with me for the years she's put up with me, I could see why she would do that. But I'm telling you, man, Jacob, Jacob is getting ready to go on a ride here. 29, see, look at that. I got through the whole chapter, Mike. <laughs> you have to repent, altar call. But... Jacob is getting set up here for a 20-year stint with the Lord and Laban to correct some issues in his life. And, brother, sometimes we, if Jacob should have stood up to his mom and said, but, but he didn't. 
<clears throat> he should have stood up and said, hey, I am not going to lie to my dad. And the Lord could have worked that thing out some other way, and Jacob would have got that blessing. Uh, and it's hard telling how that thing's going to work out. But in any case, that's that. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Uh, thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for my brother Jacob.